So, today's special, we're going to do something a little different. We have a guest speaker coming that has never spoken to you before. I'm going to say a couple things before we introduce her, but when I do, please give her a warm welcome. So, this is week 16 of our sermon series, Tattoo My Soul. And there's a verse in Isaiah, which I think is my favorite book of the Bible, Old Testament verse. And it comes to us, chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, and it's God speaking to his people. So even though it's thousands of years ago, it could be said that this is God speaking to us this morning, and here's what he said. If you desire my help, says the Lord, wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Instead, learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. God's saying to his people, I want to bless you. I want to help you, but I'd like you to do some things with your faith. I want you to put some feet on them, and I want you to go out there and encourage loving good deeds. I want you to fight for the rights of those that, that are lost and hurting. I want you to seek justice, grab hold of it, and keep it in front of you. Our guest speaker today is going to speak to us about the um, connection between pornography and sex trafficking. Sex trafficking being one of the great and horrible um, challenges of our generation. I don't know if you guys know this, but Houston, Texas, of all the cities in the nation, has the highest rate of sex trafficking in the United States of America. This is right in our backyard. We have had students that have, that have left this ministry and have fallen on hard times, and I'm, I'm, I'm horrified to say, ha have entered into prostitution, have been so lost that they thought, this, this is a way out of my troubles. The temptation is real. It's there. And there's a direct connection to that sort of action and just looking at pornography, allowing lust to grab a place in your heart. Um, I have wrestled with this. And being a student pastor for 12 plus years, I've yet to meet a student, which means all of you in this room, that hasn't wrestled with this on some level. So, I'm going to introduce in just a moment a young lady named Brianna, and, and forgive me, I didn't learn how to say your last name, so I'm going to wing it. Is it Fetkovich? Yes! I'm amazing. All right. And she is representing a ministry called Street Grace, which is just awesome. Street Grace, Street Grace is a faith-based organization that is working to end the sexual trafficking of minors within the United States. Um, this is an issue, as I said, that affects all of us, and she's going to share some sobering realities that you might not be aware of about the direct connection between pornography and human trafficking, sex trafficking, in order to help us recognize the power of living pure lives in a broken world. Um, I believe that God has something very specific to say to every single one of us in this room on this topic, including your pastor, me. Um, so I'm going to Welcome Brianna to the stage, and I'm going to pray for her and for us, and we're going to hear what she has to share. Brianna, Brianna come on to the front. Give her a round of applause, please. <laughs> Brianna is much more humble than I am, so she's going to stand down here, but still, for you, and let me pray for us, and then we'd love to hear what you have to say. Jesus, thank you for our sister, and thank you for the mission and the vision you placed on her heart to attack this topic, and I pray that you would speak through her to each of us. Right now, we just... Lord, picture ourselves in your throne room with our hands out before us saying, I, I need to hear something. I need to be encouraged today in this realm. And so, Lord, we receive whatever you have to say to us. We receive any, any missions you want to give to us. 
to go out and share what we hear today. Please bless our sister's talk and bless us as we receive her words. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. to be with you here today. Again, my name is Brianna, and I'm with a ministry called Street Grace, and I'm really excited to be with you guys this morning for a couple of reasons. Um, what we do at Street Grace is we're trying to prevent human trafficking and sexual exploitation from happening to any student anywhere. And uh, This is a here problem, so wherever here is for you, if you live in the woodlands, if you live in spring, if you live in Conroe, Houston, somewhere in the country, and um, this is happening in every city, in every state, um, across the United States as well as around the world. Um, and like your pastor mentioned, it is a huge problem here in Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas, including um, some of our serious issues. But the cool thing about why you guys are here today is you have an opportunity to be a part of a global movement for change. I talk to legislators, I talk to um, the police officers, I talk to people in schools and counselors, superintendents, people in the community, all of these important people that you would think would be the answer to this huge problem that we're facing. But the answer is really you guys. Um, students are going to be the ones who put an end to this. Why? Because we know that when something bad happens to you, and um, when something happens to you on the internet and you don't know what to deal with it or your friend becomes friends with somebody who doesn't isn't who they thought they were, um, you're not going to tell your parents. You're not likely going to tell your teachers. You're going to talk to each other. Um, and so you guys have the opportunity to keep yourself safe and keep others safe and take what you learn here today back to each individual school that you're a part of or your home school, your private school, your sports team, your club team, um, the dance studio. And by spreading this information, you guys are the ones that are going to be able to end trafficking for good. So that's really, really exciting, and I'm glad to be here um, with you guys today. So let's just throw up a little bit of definition so that we can all be on the same page about what it is we're really talking about today and how it is linked to um, pornography specifically is kind of our focus today. So if you go to the next slide, what is CSEC? It's just a big fancy word, the commercial sexual exploitation of children. It's a mouthful, um, but what it really means is commercial, meaning you're selling something. So what are we selling here? People. Um, specifically a sex act, any kind of sex act that is exchanged for something of value. So it doesn't have to be just money. Um, this is a sex act that can be exchanged for uh, food or somewhere to stay. Um, the runaway population, many of you um, have been through the foster care system. Maybe you're a foster kid right now. Your best friends are the foster kid. Um, they are at huge risk for being trafficked. 
because of their transient nature of moving from place to place and often uh, not being in a home. It can also be a sex act in exchange for a ride um, or clothing, a new hairstyle, perhaps drugs, alcohol. And so keep in mind that it's not just cash in exchange for a sex act like we traditionally think of. Uh, many students ask me and adults ask me, is prostitution the same thing as human trafficking? That's a great question. They're different. And prostitution, when we're talking about adult women, is a voluntary, and they're exchanging a sex act for something of value. Whereas sex trafficking, there has to be one of these three things present. Not all three, just one. Proof of force. So that's kind of what we think of violence, physical force, fraud. So saying something is something and promising something and it doesn't really turn out to be that, a false promise. Or coercion, so mental manipulation and mind games. That makes something sex trafficking. When we're talking about kids, there's no such thing as prostitution. Um, in the other parts of the world, there is. Um, but here, any commercial sex act having to do with a minor is considered sex trafficking or sexual exploitation or human trafficking. And so now you know, you have the definitions, um, and you can share those information with uh, people that ask you, because it's a question that comes up all the time. Next, please. So what does it look like in Texas? Um, I, there's some pretty big numbers up there. I want you to focus on the second number. 79,000 youth are victims of sex trafficking at any given time in the state of Texas. That's a pretty big number, but to put it into perspective, 1,097 school buses, and we're using the data that about 72 kids can fit into one school bus. And so this is a huge problem that is happening in the woodlands. It's happening all over North Houston. It's not just in the seedy, shady parts um, down in the city. It's here in the bubble and all the places that you live. It's happening to your friends. It's happening at your school. And it's happening today. It's going to happen to somebody tomorrow. And it's going to keep happening until we start talking about it. And so that's why we're here today is to sort of expose the problem and bring it out into the light. Next. So what does it look like? I'm going to talk about a couple of these numbers, some a little bit more in-depth than others. That first one, it's a little bit hard to read. It says 89%, so almost all of it, right? Let's round that up to 90%. Of youth-produced sexual content is taken from where it was first uploaded, social media, and redistributed on pornographic websites. What does all that mean? It means that all of the child pornography that's floating around the internet, which is a ton, and there's a huge demand for it, is not coming from somebody who's the creepy guy with the mustache in the van with no windows in the back parking lot of Chick-fil-A trying to lure you in with um, candy or games. Um, it's being taken by students. It's selfies. It's naked pics. It's sexting. And it's happening from you and your friends' phones. And then traffickers are getting a hold of it through conversations they're having with you on apps and social media um, and online gaming. And then they're redistributing it on the internet and using your photos um, for gain and to make a huge amount of money off of it. And so it's just a misconception that um, pornography is coming from a place other than the students. And so this is a really big deal because we want to get down um, to the root of why this is happening and what we can do about it. 72% of teens say they often or sometimes check for messages as soon as they wake up. Who does this? Oh, you guys aren't going to raise your hands? Come on. The other group was so much more willing to be vulnerable with me. I do this. We need to know what happened last night, right? We need to know um, what happened with our friends and our family while we were sleeping. And so we put this up there just to say, you guys are the most connected generation there has ever been. 
Um, you know information, you know news, you know what's happening um, with your friends quicker than anyone else ever has been before in history. And that's a good thing um, because we're able to use social media and the internet and our phones and all of these apps to do some really incredible stuff and communicate in ways like we never did before. And so I'm not here to tell you to stop using your phone or to delete all your apps or that the internet is this dark, scary place that you need to stay away from. I'm here to empower you guys and to teach you how you can use this stuff and use it wisely and keep yourself safe and to open up your eyes to the fact that there are people out there scanning your social media every day looking to victimize you. And so I really want you to be equipped to leave here today with some practical information. Um, offenders are using your social media sites to find out information about you, where you go to school, what you like, what you're into, um, who your friends are, what kind of relationship with you have with your parents, um, what kind of clubs you're involved in. Because the more they know about you, the more that they can get to know you and convince you um, to get to know them and eventually exploit you. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Let's go to the next one. This happens to boys, too. So I know a lot of you boys maybe have tuned out at this point. You're like, yes, prostitution, human trafficking. I've heard about that a little bit. But that's just a girl's issue. That's a women's issue. That doesn't happen to boys. Boys are definitely exploited also. Uh, boys in the foster care system, boys that have run away from home, boys that identify as any of the LGBTQ groups are at risk. Um, and just regular, normal guys are often um, exploited for sex as well because there's a demand. Um, but boys are often also a risk for being buyers and for being traffickers. And so guys in this room, you have a responsibility as a follower of Christ um, to help keep your sisters safe um, and to help keep your family safe and the other women in your community as well. And you can be having a conversation with another young man. Somebody came up to me after the first service and said, hey, I know guys in my school who have a big list. Um, he goes to one of the Woodlands High Schools. He says they have a big list, and it's all of these naked photos of girls in the school. And if they don't do what he wants them to do, then he threatens to distribute those photos to their parents and to their churches um, and to their teachers. And so he's extorting them. That's actually called sextortion. Um, so that's happening right here in the Woodlands. So boys, you absolutely have a responsibility in this. How else does this happen to boys? Online gaming. There's a lot of gamers in here, I know. Um, girls game, too. And we're seeing a lot more game, girls who are gaming. But what happens on online gaming is, first of all, many guys' first experience with pornography is on online gaming. Because we know there's a lot of legitimate sites out there like Steam that sell access to all of these different games of all different types of games. Um, and some of them are perfectly fine, wholesome, legitimate games. Um, but you can find games on there like House Party and um, How to Be a Pornographer. Um, and all of these things that are super explicit. We know that games are not um, what they used to be. The graphics of them are really, really uh, lifelike. And so there's tons of pornographic material laced throughout all of these games. And so oftentimes the first time that we're seeing pornography is unintentionally through games. And what happens is traffickers, they're getting on their headsets um, and they're talking with you. And what they're doing is they're saying, hey, um, I know it's late at night. Your parents maybe don't even know you're gaming because I know many of you are up at 2 and 3 in the morning gaming um, because your parents don't know. Um, and it's addictive. People like to game and it's hard to stop. And what they're doing is traffickers are saying, hey, I'll give you, um, you know, $40 in online currency so that you can unlock this level or this weapon um, in exchange for a photo, an explicit photo. Um, and he's going to ask you to send that photo over to him. And you think, well, what's the harm? I'm going to get this currency. I don't know this person. I'm never going to see it again. Well, he's probably going to either use it to extort you later, blackmail you, get you to do more things, or he's going to be distributing your photo all over the Internet and making money off of it. 
Um, so just something to keep in mind when we're talking about online gaming and boys, this being a man's problem, boys' problem. Next, please. Okay, we're gonna play a little interactive game here. We are going to try to identify the trafficker. So a trafficker, just for clarification's sake, is somebody who is selling, extorting, exploiting another person sexually for um, financial gain or something of value. Is a trafficker the same thing as a pimp? Yes, uh, they're the same thing. There's a couple of other street names for them too. We just don't like to use the word pimp um, in our ministry and many of the ministries because it kind of has a glorified, like really cool context. You know, you can dress up as at Halloween and be a pimp or you can pimp your ride or pimp your cupcake. It's kind of become this casual thing and we know that um, trafficking another person is not casual or cool. And so just wanted to clarify, they are the same thing. And so we're going to start with, um, we're going to start on, let's see, your left who thinks that the woman in the yellow top on the bottom is the sex trafficker? Raise your hand. Couple of people? Okay. How about the guy in the, the second guy over with the black hoodie? Handful. He looks like maybe he could be, I don't know, youth pastor, older brother, college kid. How about the coach? I heard somebody say definitely the coach. <laughs> the military guy. Military. Okay. How about the young man in the top who has the gigantic bling on the cross? Huh, they were pretty evenly spread. Um, the earlier service, they were pretty particular about who they thought. They knew who it was. How about the guy in the middle definitely throwing up a gang sign? I don't know what's in his hand. I think he's, it's his phone, like a slider phone. Okay, and you do have to vote, so you have one more chance. The cheerleader. A couple. We were pretty evenly spread, and so uh, we do this activity uh, a little bit to trick you because each and every one of these people is a trafficker. They were actually all prosecuted for trafficking. Um, so that includes the coach. He was trafficking some of his boys on his basketball team. That woman there is a mom. She was trafficking her two high school age daughters um, as well as some other kids in the school. Um, so each and every one of these people are a real person. And so we do this exercise so that you can understand that a trafficker doesn't have a face. It's not always a man. It's not always somebody of a certain ethnicity. It's not somebody that looks a certain way. It can be a coach. It can be a family member. It can be um, somebody from church. It can be somebody from school, a teacher. It can be a fellow student, and it can be a female. That happens often. The students, female students recruit other students. Um, for a variety of reasons. And so keep this in mind. And um, this can be anyone. Next, please. Okay, so we're going to talk about something called the grooming process. And so we don't just wake up one day and find ourselves to be a victim of human trafficking. The movies would like us to think that. Has anybody seen the movie Taken? A couple of you. There was another Christian movie. Can somebody help me with the name? I that a Christian group put out um, that was about trafficking, and she was in a hotel. It was like, not the newsboys. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Priceless. I heard it. Has anybody seen Priceless? Yeah. Okay. So both of those movies had to do with um, international trafficking, right? So not trafficking that's happening here in the States, although Priceless was set um, here in the States, but it was an international victim that was trafficked. Those movies are great in that they get people talking about this, um, but the whole kidnapping idea is not really what it looks like nine times out of ten in the woodlands. It does happen, 
Um, I know a young woman who I've worked with. I know her very well. She went through one of our restorative programs. She was trafficked from the woodlands. Her family lived in Carlton Woods. She went to the United Methodist Church. She was really good friends with somebody um, at her Christian school. She was popular. Her family moved her and put her in um, one of the public schools. She didn't fit in very well there. She didn't really like it. She was kind of mad at her parents for putting her there. This girl uh, befriended her, and they started hanging out and doing stuff that, you know, she wouldn't have done if she wasn't friends with this girl. This girl invited her to a couple parties. All was great. She had this best friend. Um, one of the third or fourth parties that she went to, the friend said, hey, I want you to meet my boyfriend. And they went outside in the parking lot. They got to talking, and they convinced her that they were going to go to Whataburger to go get something to eat. Well, six or seven hours later, um, after she'd been locked in the trunk, she realized she was not at Whataburger and she was in big trouble. Um, and so she was on her way to go over the border and they were taking her to Mexico with intent to sell her. And people that are trafficked internationally, only 2% of those people are ever seen again. So she wouldn't have been seen again. Um, but she was, ended up calling 911 and getting rescued through a crazy, miraculous thing that happened and came back. And she now shares her story about the fact that, hey, this actually can happen to me. And it's happening in the woodlands every day. But nine times out of ten, it's kids that you're going to school with. They're living at home. They're on the soccer team. They might be involved in student counselor or something like that. And their parents have no idea that they're gone from 2 in the morning to 4 in the morning because they're being sold online um, by somebody that became friends with them. How does it happen through this process? So the befriending process. So this looks like somebody coming in either um, as a romantic person um, who's trying to become a boyfriend or a girlfriend or just a friend. Um, and it starts with getting to know you, showering you with compliments. Um, ladies, this looks like the most romantic man you have ever met in your life. He's going to tell you that he is, you are stunningly beautiful, that there is no one that he's met that is like you. Um, it just so happens that he has all the same interests that you have. Um, if you, you know, you're a Christian, he's probably going to claim that he's a Christian too. He's going to talk about that a lot. He'll be anybody that he needs to be in order to start this process. And so that's going to look like buying you new things, new clothes, taking you to get your nails done. And then we move into the intoxicate stage. This is the glamorous lifestyle. So you're going out, you're going to parties that your parents would have never let you go to. But you're like, hey, this isn't so bad. Why does everybody say, you know, we shouldn't do this stuff? Nothing bad is happening. This is fun. These are more fun than my friends at Wood's Edge, you know. Um, all these things that are, um, you're being introduced to things that you would have not really done before. And it all seems really fun and exciting. So then we move to the alienation stage. So at this point, even if you have a really good relationship with your parents, he's going to start planting these little seeds that are going to grow in your brain that says things like, hey, your parents are really hard on you. Or, you know, it doesn't really seem like your parents get you very much. Um, or, you know, if your parents really trusted you, they wouldn't give you a curfew. We know all of these things aren't true, right? We know that Parents really do have our best interest in mind, and that's why they set rules and boundaries, because they do care about us and they love us. But our trafficker, he's a master manipulator. He's going to make you think that your parents don't really care about you, and they don't trust you. And so you're going to slowly change the way you think about your parents. And so then we move on to the isolation stage where he's going to pull you away from all your friends. So suddenly, um, you're not hanging out with the people that you used to. He's going to say things that like, hey, did you know what they say behind your back? Or that your friends, um, you know they don't really care about you that much, or she told me that she doesn't really think that you're that pretty, or she just hangs out with you because you have a lot of money. Um, and so he's going to make you think things about your friends that really aren't true so that you're spending all of your time with him. And so this is something to look out for. 
Um, people that you're going to school with, are they suddenly not hanging out with you anymore and they don't really have an explanation why? Or talking about their parents in a way that they didn't used to, or they're, they're doing things, they're participating in things, they're talking about things, their language is different, and they just seem like a different person, and you didn't really know what was going on, but now this is sort of starting to make sense. Or they're really, really defensive of their new boyfriend or girlfriend when you try to ask them about them. So then we get to the desensitized stage. At this point, everything that you believed and kind of the person that you were has changed. Um, your moral compass is compromised at this point. Um, and keep in mind, this is all from an outside perspective looking in. The person that's being groomed has no idea that this stuff is happening. They don't know that they're, this is changing, that they're thinking differently. And this is from an outsider's perspective. And we want to be able to intervene and recognize this in the beginning because it's much less likely that we'll get to capitalize and become a victim. So that is the grooming process. This can take anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of years. A trafficker will invest as much time in you and getting to know you and getting you to trust him as he needs to because you're going to provide him a lot of profit. Sex trafficking is the fastest growing, second largest illegal crime in the whole world. Does anybody know what the first is? Say it loud. Drugs. You guys are smart. Um, sex trafficking is going to quickly surpass drug trafficking. Why? Does anybody know? How many times can you sell a bag of cocaine? Once. How many? Well, you sell it once and then it's gone, right? You got the profit. They have the drugs. How many times can you sell a human being? Multiple. Infinite number of times, right? And so you're going to make a lot more money and a lot quicker if you're selling a human. And so the motivation for somebody to be finding you on Instagram, on Snapchat, on TikTok, on Twitter, and start to build a relationship with you and start this grooming process is huge because there's a huge financial gain in store for them. And potentially, they'll mentally manipulate you so you can bring in some of your other friends and maybe some people from school. That's what happened to the cheerleader. And so this process can take a long time. We often don't know that it's happening, and that's why it's so dangerous. Let's move on. Okay, raise your hand if you can identify one of these apps. Two of these apps. Okay, most of you. How about six of these? Can anybody identify six of these apps? Okay, still quite a few. How about, mm, let's go with 10. I see a couple of lone hands. Can anybody identify all of these? Okay. Each and every one of these apps, some popular, some not so popular, these are the most current apps that sex traffickers are using to find students, young people, to exploit. And so if you have used any of these apps or are currently using one of these apps, you're at risk. And I don't say this to tell you to go delete all of them. I personally think you shouldn't use some of them. <laughs> but I'm telling you this so that you can be aware. What you're going to be looking for is somebody who's messaging on here, on here, or is wanting to video chat with you that you don't know, you've never met in real life. Some of these apps, that's what they're based on. You turn on your location services, and you're finding people to meet up with. And that's the whole basis of the app. And that can be super dangerous because a trafficker is looking for you. Or what they'll do is they'll message you on something that's safe and trusted that everyone has, like Instagram. They'll say, hey, girl, you're cute. You look like you could be the perfect person to represent our clothing brand. Your style fits exactly what we're all about. And sometimes that's legitimate, um, but oftentimes that's a trafficker. And they're looking for you. And what they're going to say is, hey, do you want to move this conversation after you've talked for a while um, to kick? It uses less data, and I don't have very much data. 
you know why they're going to ask you to move the conversation? Because there's a lot less privacy controls. Um, you can get more access to cameras and webcams a lot easier on a lot of these apps that are not as popular. So I want you guys to, your homework is going to be, if you don't know all of these app icons, you're going to go home and research and see what they're all about. Okay, let's move on. Internet safety. How can we make ourselves safe online? I'm sure you guys have heard some of this information um, before because the internet is a part of our lives that we use every day. But here's some just really practical things. Do you know all of your online friends? Um, I'm talking to the adults in the room too. I know that this is a thing where we add people on Facebook that we are not friends with in real life. Um, and the danger of that is many of these people are looking to be your friends specifically so they can build a relationship with you and exploit you. Um, or use your photos for pornography. Or introduce you to pornography. Um, keep in mind, any picture or video sent is forever, especially these live streaming apps that claim that they just go away. Um, and so a lot of people are manipulated into doing things on these live apps that they would never do in any other circumstance because they know they're only going to be seen for a few moments. Um, but keep in mind, that is not actually true. Any picture you've sent can be used and redistributed, and it's forever. It's on the internet. It's not able to be erased, contrary to what these apps want you to believe. Let's go to the next one. Don't meet someone in person that you met online. So some of these apps that are asking for your location services to meet up and hang out, um, it is not a good idea. It's just really risky behavior to be hanging out with people that you've never met in real life because you don't really know who they are. They could be saying they're one age. They could be saying that you're going to your school. If you go to a big school, you have no way of knowing that's true. Um, they could be a trafficker just looking to build a relationship with you. And they're not going to be creepy, and they're not going to be bad looking intentionally. They're going to be somebody who's a good friend, who wants to buy you things, take you to lunch. Um, so just be discerning on that. Don't let other people use your phone. Um, something really recent that I was shared with somebody who actually goes to this church, her, her sister is a teacher in a small town. Um, in East Texas. And what was happening is these girls were being um, extorted. They were getting these messages on Snapchat saying, hey, um, I need you to send me naked pictures. And they're like, no. And um, he said, well, if you don't do it, I'm going to share the naked photos I have of you um, on Facebook or on the group page. And they're like, you don't have any naked photos of me. And then he would send one, and he did. And come to find out what it was happening is he was going on to um, some of these sites where younger children tend to visit, and he was grooming these little kids who were siblings um, to older kids who were high school aged and convincing them to take photos of them when they were changing or getting out of the shower, and then they were sending them to the trafficker. And so this is just one of the like new tactics um, that they're using to get a hold of your photos. And so don't let other people use your phone <laughs> because you never know if your new friend is sending some of the photos that maybe you shouldn't have taken um, or that it are in your hidden deceptive app or your photo calculator app that hides photos and sending it to somebody and using it. Next, please. Next one. Okay, we're going to watch a video before we talk about getting involved. This is your brain. Your brain is an amazing machine. Scientists have compared it to a supercomputer. It has about 86 billion nerve cells processing information up to 268 miles per hour. It has a memory of about 1 million gigabytes. If you had that much digital music, it would take 2,000 years to play it all. Your brain can think up to 50,000 thoughts per day. Many of these thoughts are good for you. When you're learning something new, when you're feeling joy or confidence, or when you're in love. Some of these thoughts can bring you down, like when you're anxious or depressed. Other thoughts can make you feel good at first, 
but they actually aren't good for you at all. Like some of the things you find in the shadier corners of the internet. Sexual images may seem harmless, but pornography can have very negative effects on your brain and your relationships. When you see something you like, your brain releases a chemical called dopamine. It's usually a good thing. Dopamine helps us learn, pay attention, feel emotions, and more. But dopamine is also kind of greedy. And the more you feed it, the more it wants. When that happens, dopamine is like a drug. You need more and more just to experience the same kind of high you had before. You'll grow frustrated, always wanting more, but never feeling satisfied. Watching porn can also make you want to be alone more often, isolating yourself instead of hanging out with friends or family. This isolation leads to depression and anxiety. It can affect your moral values and discourage you from setting goals, from trying to get the most out of life. Is that what you want for your brain? Do you think that's what your brain wants or needs from you? The pornography you watch is fake. There's nothing real about it at all. It warps your idea of what love in real life is like. Real love in real life involves real feelings and real needs. Your brain, just like you, wants a good life. So stay away from porn and feed your brain the things that matter most, like faith, family, friends, exercise, art, learning, and other good things. Trust me, your brain will thank you for it. So you might be thinking, I still don't get it. I understand, okay, we have porn and we have sex trafficking. What do they have to do with each other? Well, they're related and you really can't pull them apart. They're intertwined. Sex trafficking exists because pornography exists. There's a demand to purchase sex, especially from minors, because of pornography. People that view pornography are much more likely to purchase sex than somebody that doesn't. Um, in a room this size, more than half of you are struggling with an addiction to pornography or some other sexual addiction. And so it's a very, very real thing. The average age right now, the current data, the first time that somebody views pornography is nine years old. That's the most common. That doesn't mean that the nine-year-old is intentionally seeking out pornography, sometimes. But usually it's an older sibling that shows it to them, um, someone at school that shows it to them on their phone, or it's just they're trying to do something on the internet that has nothing to do with sex or sexuality, and they're seeing a pop-up, right? Because we know that porn is pervaded every part of our lives. It's on the gaming industry. It's on our billboards. It's on the magazines that we read. It's in the music that we listen to. And I know you guys talk about that here, about the sexual nature of the world. And so um, it's almost unavoidable for us to view pornography. But what we don't realize is a lot of the people that are involved in the porn that we're watching, they're being trafficked. The word porn star really is talking about a very tiny percentage of the people that are acting. Most of those people are being trafficked. And what a lot of porn viewers don't know is most of those people are underage. And we know that this is not just a boy's problem. And there are girls in this room who are struggling with pornography. You've never told anybody because you feel filthy and you feel ashamed. Um, and I'm here to tell you that there's no shame and there's no condemnation. Um, you are in no safer place than here to talk about this. Um, pornography is what drives sex trafficking. And so if we're able to get a hold of this porn problem that is sweeping the United States,
64% of males, the first statistic is for males, 64% of males that are between ages 13 and 24 are actively seeking out, looking at pornography one or more time a week. And so this isn't just some people. And like um, your pastor mentioned, um, most of the people in leadership in this room, they've dealt with some kind of sexual struggle. Um, and so this is something that is one of God's greatest gifts that the world and sin has perverted the most dark. Um, and it's become something that has held us all in bondage. And that is not um, what God designed it for. And if you don't hear anything else that I heard today, that you aren't taking home anything else that I said today, and you've tuned me out this whole time, please just listen to this. If you're struggling with pornography, you cannot stop on your own. The video, one of the great things I like about it is it talks about what happens in your brain, the dopamine release that happens. That very same thing happens when you do drugs or when you drink. Um, and that's why I say that people are struggling with a pornography addiction. It's the exact same thing as any other addiction. And we know that people who struggle with alcoholism or drugs um, or spending or these other addictions, they have to go to counseling. They have to go to groups. They have to get help from community. And that's how church was designed, to be a safe place, a community, to work through our issues. And porn is no different. Um, but the devil loves to keep us in the dark. Um, that is his biggest weapon. He uses shame to make you feel like, oh, if I was a real Christian, I wouldn't be struggling with this. Or if I tell anybody this, they're going to look at me differently and they're going to judge me. And I'm telling you that there are people four times your age that didn't deal with this. And they lost their jobs. They lost their marriages. They've lost their kids. They've lost everything because this has taken over every part of them. How do you know if you're an addict or if you just look at it every now and again? Um, because, you know, society tells us it's no big deal. It's normal, especially for boys, right? Every boy looks at porn. It's not normal. Um, just because it's happening a lot does not mean that it's what we were designed to do. So how do you know if you're suffering from an addiction? Well, have you tried to stop looking at it and you can't? You find yourself keep going back for more, like the video said, and never feeling satisfied, or you feel isolated, um, or you don't want to do the things that you used to do? Does it interfere with your life? Then you might be struggling with an addiction. And so there's um, your community groups. That's a great place to talk about this. Um, you guys are really so lucky. Um, there's a lot of students that do not have the great community that you guys have here at Woods Edge. Um, and a lot of really great people that are able to walk alongside you, especially you young girls. I'm talking to you. Um, to get help and freedom from this. And you can do it. You absolutely can. And that's God's plan for you is redemption and restoration in every area of your life, including this. And so we've talked about a ton of stuff today, um, and I know it was really, really fast. And so what I want you to do is I want you to take some of these things, and I don't want you just to walk out the door and forget everything I've said. Because like I mentioned in the beginning, you guys are the ones that are going to be able to make a change here. Um, and so I want you to first and foremost share what you learned today. Take this to your school. Um, take this to Boy Scouts, to Girl Scouts, to your club volleyball team, and be talking about this. The more we're talking about it, the less likely that people are being able to be victimized. Um, if there is no supply, which is all of you guys, then there won't be anybody to create this business, this illegal crime that's going on. And you guys can stop it. How else? Help us connect to your school. I do presentations in school. I talk to um, you know, groups as small as two or three people to whole assemblies for each and every school district. We would love to connect with you guys. We do things for parents. And we talk to principals. And everybody needs to know about this. And so if you're interested in having us come and talk more about this at your school, come talk to me afterwards.
Follow us on social media. I know so many of us are on social media. We're talking about that today. Um, let's use social media and the internet as a positive thing. Um, we don't say this to like us because we want a bunch of followers and we want to sort of boost our own fame. We say we want you to follow us because then more people are going to be learning about this and they're going to be talking about it and bringing it out into the light. That video that you watched, um, we just launched that on our website, on all of our social medias and on YouTube. And so we're hoping that that's going to kind of be, go viral so that people can really understand exactly what pornography is doing to your brain. And it's not as harmless as the world would want you to believe. And share the hotline number. What is the hotline number? The next slide, please. If you guys do have your phones, I'm giving you permission to bust them out um, right now. And you can either put in this number into your phone or take a screenshot of it. I'll also have it afterwards. If you don't have your phone, you'd like me to write it down. Um, for you. I'm going to get you some resource cards as well. Why is this number important? The National Human Trafficking Hotline, what is it? Okay, so you see something, um, you're at a gas station, and you see a girl who looks to be your age, a high school girl, and she's with somebody who, you just, something in your spirit feels weird, like, doesn't really look like her dad, you know, maybe she's wearing clothing that's inappropriate for the weather, it's cold outside, and she's wearing shorts, um, something just sits weird with you, or you're thinking about somebody that you're on a sports team with, and how, you know, they suddenly are not friends with other people, they started showing up with all these really nice clothes that they know that their parents um, wouldn't buy them, and suddenly they're talking about going to parties, and just this behavior that's just weird, they're falling asleep in class, um, they seem to be kind of disrespectful toward authority, and they, you know, used to be a pretty easygoing person, and so I just want you to, to think about using the hotline because the cool thing about it is it's anonymous. You can make a call. They're going to ask you, you know, tell us what you know, and you are not going to be recognized at all. They're not going to ask for your name, your phone number, where you live. They're just going to try to get details to try to help intervene and keep this person safe. It's a national number, but they'll connect you with local people that would be of a help for your community or your school. It's better for you to report something about somebody in your life um, and for you to be wrong than not to say anything at all because you really can be the one person that notices um, and saves somebody's life. And so the, the other number is equally great. It's the Rescue Houston Hotline. It's just a local one. So both of them are great. Um, and then, yeah, I think is the next slide our, our last one? I don't think there's anything left. Slide people? Great. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to pray for us. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. Um, we thank you that you are a God who can redeem um, even the darkest of things. And I just ask that for those in this room who are currently struggling um, with a sexual addiction, with a porn addiction, or they don't know, um, they just have never told anybody they're struggling with shame and guilt and self-hatred um, and all these feelings that they can't even put words to, Lord, I just ask that you would give them courage, um, that you would see that you love them, you don't love them any less um, because of this, and that there are people in their lives that care um, about them, Lord, and I just ask that you would give them courage to speak out and to ask for help. Lord, um, because we know that you don't desire any of us to be in any kind of bondage, Lord, and um, that you can break any chain, um, no matter how strong. And I just ask that you would open up our eyes and our ears, um, that as we walk out these doors, we would remember that our schools and our clubs and um, our families are mission field, Lord, and we're called to speak up for 
those who can't speak up for themselves um, and to be justice um, in the world, Lord, and just help us to be aware of what's happening in our friends' lives. Um, and just give each and every one of these students today a deep, deep spirit of discernment about the things that they're doing online, about their privacy settings and the way that they use their apps and their social media and their online gaming. Just help them to discern um, potentially dangerous situations, Lord, and um, just give them the courage and the bravery to share this with other people and to know um, how valued they really, really are, Lord, and to walk in their identity and who you made them to be. We thank you so much for all that you are and all that you've done for us. We love you.